The Teamsters have thrown down the gauntlet in the ongoing fight to unionize Amazon. How do they plan to achieve what some are calling impossible? Every day, workers across the globe are rising up to defend their humanity and fight for their dignity on the job. In a time of both record poverty and record profiteering, the billionaire bosses have created the very circumstances for workers to lose their fear and demand everything that they deserve. As the class struggle advances, the stories of workers are front and center here. This is On the Picket Line, and I'm your host, Monica Cruz. One of the United States' largest unions is launching an effort to organize Amazon workers nationwide. The International Brotherhood of Teamsters, known commonly as the Teamsters Union, will vote tomorrow on a resolution aimed at building worker power at the online retail giant. At the union's convention this week, the Teamsters general president said Amazon is a, quote, existential threat to unions. This comes a few months after Amazon successfully defeated unionization efforts by employees at one of its warehouses in Alabama. You just heard CBS News reporting on the Teamsters 30th International Convention a few weeks back, where delegates from all 500 locals voted to approve a resolution calling for an all-encompassing campaign to mobilize and organize Amazon workers across the U.S. The resolution announced the creation of a special Amazon division within the union to aid Amazon workers and states that the union, quote, recognizes the existential threat of Amazon to our members and commits all levels of the union to unite with core platforms of member engagement, worker and community engagement, antitrust enforcement and policy reform, and global solidarity, end quote. The resolution does not go into any specifics as to how this campaign will function, but generally calls for a quote-unquote unified approach to helping Amazon workers achieve union contracts. With over 1.3 million workers globally, Amazon has become the largest and wealthiest logistics company in the world. The pandemic has catapulted its domination of e-commerce and the expansion of its shipping and delivery services. The conditions for Amazon warehouse workers and delivery drivers have become notoriously terrible, with record high rates of workplace injuries, near impossible productivity standards, on top of pay rates and benefits that are significantly worse than industry standards. The Teamsters, which is the largest union representing workers in the shipping and logistics industries in the country, has fought for decades to set these better standards concerning good pay, benefits, and workplace protections for workers like those at Amazon. To get a better understanding of how the Teamsters plan to take on Amazon, I spoke with Randy Corgan, the Teamsters National Director for Amazon. My first questions were relatively simple, given the enormity of the task. Why this resolution now? And what was the thought behind it? So the resolution itself, uh, its timing is matched up with our convention as an organization. Every five years, Uh, We come together as an organization. Our membership uh, obviously elects its leadership as a whole. 
Uh, they elect delegates that attend this convention every five years. And then those delegates set the policy for our organization for the next five years. They look back on the previous five, and then they look forward to the next five, and they try to set policy in a direction. And so what this last week did is it memorialized work that's been done over the last five years in this space, in this, uh, when I say space, I'm talking about in this industry uh, with warehousing, transportation, delivery. And again, uh, you know, for a hundred years, we've transcended all the changes that have come on. You know, we started with reins in our hands and horses in front of us, uh, delivering product to people's homes. We've been doing delivering product to people's homes for a hundred years. And, you know, 50 years ago, uh, these, these issues were uh, squarely brought into the middle class. Workers for decades uh, were able to support their entire family, uh, send their children to college as a result of good middle-class jobs that had been achieved in the transportation industry and the logistics industry and the goods movement industry. And as a result of all those millions of hardworking people over the last hundred years, pushing forward to make sure that there was equality on the job and all the things in which uh, those groups of workers had benefited from. You look at today and you look at 2021, and you almost see it's reminiscent of the 1920s all over again. He went on to describe what the Teamsters believes it can learn from this history and use in its organizing strategy with Amazon today. So here we come into the 2020s, and do we have a repeat of history? If you leave it up to Amazon, probably, I guess you have to really look at that. And, you know, a lot of people have tried to characterize this the Teamsters versus Amazon, and that's not the case. What this is, is, is Amazon has a certain business model, and their business model is arguably an assault on the workforce in this industry. And when you look at their business model of bringing in uh, 12, 13, 14, $15 an hour jobs into an industry that has paid substantially more than that, and then most importantly, health and safety on the job. When you look at the working conditions and productivity and safety on the job, once again, for a hundred years, we have been ambassadors of this industry to protect working people, to protect our members that work in this industry. And it spilled over into non-union workers. It spilled over into the entire industry so that workers in this industry would have these protectionisms on the job and not just our members benefited, but the entire industry did. So now you look at Amazon's proliferation in an industry uh, where now you look at their numbers and their facilities and you see accident rates two to three times higher than what their competitors are. You see, uh, you know, physical injuries and all the things that are happening, you know, within that industry that weren't happening before, uh, all of a sudden, you know, proliferating on a large scale. And we've got to definitely, uh, you know, drill down on this and bring awareness as a whole. So, it's not like this has been a new concept to us. Clearly, this has been around for many, many decades. And what's important is to kind of remind everybody of that history, because if people look at the history, they can recognize what workers did 70, 80 years ago to fix these problems and realize that they should be hopeful and inspirational today, that, the, that, there's, that, that this stuff can be solved again. Now, the matter of unionizing Amazon workers gained international attention following the union drive at a warehouse in Bessemer, Alabama, led by the Retail, Wholesale and Department Store Union, which resulted in a National Labor Relations Board election loss back in April. Other efforts, independent of established labor unions, have sprung up in places like a warehouse in Staten Island, New York, and another warehouse in Chicago. 
the lengths to which Amazon has gone to bust any attempt at union organizing within its U.S. workforce largely accounts for the election loss in Bessemer and the lack of progress in these other efforts, both past and ongoing. It's clear that taking on Amazon will require much more than siloed campaigns in or outside of the NLRB process. I was really curious as to what orientation the Teamsters have in terms of working in coalition with other major unions, independent workers groups, and community organizations in this fight at Amazon. Here's what Randy Corgan, the Teamsters National Director for Amazon, had to say on this. Well, we want to be clear about one thing, and that is that uh, we're going to partner up with everybody. <laughs> like The reality is, is Amazon presents a challenge in a way that I think it shows everybody should be working together uh, to deal with this subject, uh, number one. Number two, uh, let's talk about the community aspect. Our membership is our, the millions, the, the more than 1 million members that we have is our most valuable asset that we have. It's the most valuable resource that you can't even put a price tag on. And those individuals are completely intertwined into these communities. They are playing, you know, they're volunteering for baseball. They're coaching baseball. They're volunteering for certain organizations within their communities. They're working and living right next to other workers within this industry and clearly within their uh, cities and where they work and where they live. Um, and, and partnering with community, uh, uh, you know, building community coalitions and partnerships is, is a natural and that is how that's how our union helped organize this industry to begin with, you know, more than 100 years ago. And that is those are the natural relationships that are going to happen. I know that some people have said, you know, oh, what about these small independent unions? They don't want to deal with the bigger unions. Look, we'll work with anybody like this isn't about the smaller independent unions versus us or other unions versus us. Not at all in any way, shape or form. What this is about is bringing an awareness to what's going on in the industry. He went on to continue drawing from history and speak on the need for solidarity outside of organized labor. In the 1930s and 40s, this industry was unregulated. And then it then there was an argument to regulate it. Correct. And that argument to regulate it then saved millions of jobs. Now, clearly, that was not just the institutions of unions pushing forward. That was those communities stepping up. That was working people stepping up. That was people uh, from all walks of life coming together and saying, you know, we probably should do something about this and make a make a change structurally with policy to prevent these things that were happening uh, from happening. Clearly, you're going to have to have some similar undertaking happening now to bring awareness because most people that go to work for Amazon or related employers, somebody that's connected in the industry, even if it's not for Amazon directly, it's their first entry into the industry. And so they're kind of new and they don't know that 100 year history. They don't know that this industry, uh, there have been battles for, for many, many decades. So whether it's independent unions, it's community leaders, uh, individuals within the community, it's other unions, uh, and, and clearly the Bessemer uh, election brought some awareness nationally uh, to, you know, kind of put put a lot of discussion on a subject that many people weren't thinking about. And I think the most significant thing that happened here in the last two years is the pandemic that's happened in the last 18 months. That That has clearly brought awareness to the American consumer, to the consumer to really actually care about how their product gets to their door. And, and we have found by canvassing, talking to residents, talking to working people, 
talking to the average person that they actually do care about how the product gets to their door. Now, when I heard his last point, I immediately thought of the survey done back in February, which found that 70 percent of Americans polled supported the union effort at the Amazon warehouse in Bessemer, Alabama. The way that the community galvanized to support the Bessemer Union and how people around the country and the world hit the streets in solidarity with this fight provide more critical examples that unionizing Amazon is a popular idea. So while the solidarity is clearly out there, how does organized labor then push forward a winning plan of action? Randy Corgan spoke on how the Teamsters Amazon campaign will compare to the usual script of union organizing. You know, the major corporations and large employers in America, uh, in my this is my opinion, and this is our organization's opinion, that they want they want union organizing drives in the space of the National Labor Relations Act. They want you to go through that process. Uh, The reason why they want you to go through that process is because uh, corporations have done a pretty good job of kind of controlling uh, the setting on the law around that structure. What most people don't realize is that there's many other ways for workers to seek representation, to seek recognition, to have concerted activities. And it doesn't all have to go down the pathway of a union filing for an election through the National Labor Relations Act. And unfortunately, that's the, it, that's what everybody kind of thinks organizing is. Uh, so when people say, oh, you're going to be organizing, they immediately put that in, put, put it in that bucket and they just start to talk through that's what the process is. Also, you know, I've heard people say, well, you know, they lost. And I'm like, no, they didn't lose. They won. They won on day one when they filed for an election and their, their issues were thrusted into a center stage discussion across this country. And, and people started to pay attention to what was going on in these warehouses and distribution centers. Those workers won. And then regardless of the voter outcome that happened, you clearly had a large percentage of the workforce say, these conditions are problematic and we need to change them. And then what happens is, is, is the, the mainstream corporate kind of message wants to say it's uh, it was the union versus Amazon. And that's not what it was. Again, that was Randy Corgan, the Teamsters National Director for Amazon. In a piece for Salon penned before the Amazon resolution was voted on at the Teamsters International Convention, Corgan stated, quote, There is no clearer example of how America is failing the working class than Amazon, end quote. To me, this statement speaks volumes to the protracted nature of this fight. Organizing one of the most wealthy and most staunchly anti-union corporations in the world is no task for anyone utilizing the usual game plan or expecting an easy victory. To say the very least, It will require a massive movement of workers, both Amazon workers and those in solidarity, a substantial amount of money, time and resources and ample community engagement from any and every level possible across every corner of this country. It is a tremendous undertaking that will span years and require participation from nearly every element of the working class. I asked Randy Corgan to speak on how everyday people can support the Teamsters Amazon campaign as it gets rolling in the coming months. Number one, I think what everyday people can do is welcome their Amazon driver at the doorstep. 
<laughs> right? Like reach out your hand, introduce yourself, tell them how much you appreciate their job and how much you support them in whatever they're fighting to change at work. You can see the Amazon workers and workers that are doing similar jobs. This is not just about Amazon. It's actually about the entire industry. Uh, just Amazon's a large player in the industry now. But what, what everyday people can do is that they can literally pay attention to that Amazon driver coming to the doorsteps. And the other thing that they could do most, most importantly is actually go to their city council meetings. Uh, clearly, most of them are on Zoom now, so you actually don't physically have to go somewhere. Tune into your city council meeting and pay attention to the developments that are coming into your area. Because it's, it's very likely that Amazon's trying to kind of, get, and their developers are trying to wiggle their way through uh, the, that approval process with, with council leaders and local elected politicians and, and kind of um, um, enticing them with a bunch of jobs coming to the area. And what you need to do with your council member is say, hey, if jobs are coming to, gonna come to this area, we should have some criteria in what they call a community benefit agreement that requires those jobs to have some bare minimums to them, as well as pathways for unionization and pathways for, for safe work environment. And you can actually, city councils and municipalities have the absolute ability to hold these developments and individuals that are gonna, or companies that are gonna occupy the space of these developments and basically say, here's the criteria you're gonna operate on if you come to our city or our town or our area. He went on to discuss the experiences he's had doing door knocking and house visits as a longtime union organizer and how this kind of community outreach will be integral to the Teamsters Amazon campaign. We found when we're in this space and we're knocking on doors and we're canvassing that like nine out of 10 residents, when we knock on someone's door and we explain to them what's going on on this subject, Monica, like, you know, what's, what's, what's awesome is they go, wow, how can I help? Like, there's literally so much help out there. They're like, what can I do? Hey, sign this petition. Or can you show up to uh, this, this hearing or this planning commission meeting or this city council meeting? and showing up and by the hundreds because they do care about how their neighborhood's impacted. They care about how their neighbor is going to be impacted if they're going to get one of the jobs at that facility or if one of their children or one of their family members are. And it starts with really having that conversation and that dialogue. And that's it for this week's episode of On the Picket Line. Make sure to follow Breakthrough News at BT Newsroom on Instagram and Twitter. You can find us by searching Breakthrough News anywhere else.